0: Welcome to my very first podcast. I'm your host, Maria Cook. Today, I have a very special guest with me, Destiny Jones. It's funny that I actually have Destiny with me for my very first podcast, because Destiny is pretty much one of the main reasons why I am a mad woman. What is a mad woman? I'm glad you asked. Mad women are women moving ahead. Regardless of their challenges, circumstances, and situations, we still are determined to succeed. We don't allow things that actually are making us stuck to get us what I call a soaking phase, but we get up and we keep moving ahead with determination. See, 19 years ago, destiny was in an incident. This incident caused Destiny to become paralyzed. As her mother, I didn't get a manual on what that meant to actually have a daughter who was paralyzed. But what I did know is that I had to teach her the fundamentals of being a woman, but also what that meant to be a woman with a disability. I'm so proud of my daughter, so today, Having Destiny with me is something that I'm grateful about and I would love for you all to sit with me and actually enjoy our conversation and understand how you too can be a mad woman. So Destiny, you are a mini me. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I guess I would start by saying who you are, um, I will start, I'll start with your name,
1: why Destiny, you
0: name that? why name you Destiny, um, you remember your, um, introduction for one of your, um,
1: mm-hmm. competitions, yeah, what was, was it, like, it was like, um, let's see if I remember, it was like, in the beginning, like I was, you know, I was born, I was paralyzed, um, my father did step on me, crushed my spine, um, But obviously that didn't define me. But then you named me Destiny previously before that because I was a triplet. And uh, I lost two of my brothers that she was carrying with me. And then she named me Destiny. And then a year later, I got paralyzed. And then it was like the Lord just kind of put that in the works for not only me for the future, but for you as my mom. Exactly.
0: It was because you don't remember it because, of course, as your mom, I wrote it. <laughs> I remember it. It was conceived a triplet, but the only one to be birthed. I am a survivor.
1: Yep. Was what was great. the remaining of it? Um I forgot.
0: At the age of 13, oh, yeah. <laughs> at age of 13 months, I was in a traumatic incident which left me paralyzed. Which left me paralyzed. Mm-hmm. I am a survivor. And pretty much it was, I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but it was pretty much, it was talking about the song from Destiny's Child. I'm a survivor, I'm not going to give up. I'm a survivor, I'm going to. And so the whole introduction, it defined who you truly was to me. I've always said that you was determined. Regardless of anything that I would say that you couldn't do, or I didn't want you to do it, not necessarily not wanting you to do things, but just as a parent, I wanted to protect you. I think that those were the things that you actually were determined to prove to me and to the world that you could do it. If I could have one word to define you, it would be determination. What can you tell the audience today from determination that you feel Has really got you to where you
1: are today I feel like determination has put me in a place of vulnerability within myself um, because I'm able to be vulnerable and you know just share my story and without like worried about what other people say what other people may think because you know I don't care about anything else Maybe that's determination in me because it's like I'm determined to keep going. Like you can't allow other things to, you know, get in your way. I feel like just being a woman too. It's like, I don't know, maybe it's just that woman power that people be preaching about. But I don't know, I just, it's just something in me. Maybe it's just just me, you know. But I feel like all women have that. And so it's something that like every woman needs to unlock about themselves. It's like it's not just women and their power and nothing like that. Just own who you are and then the rest will come within like time. So you're 19 years old, about to turn 20,
0: unfortunately. (laughs) And you are actually growing into a very, very mature woman. And so some of the things I think for me, for you actually being a woman is utilizing those fundamental tools from you actually learning from me being your mother, and now you're actually using those same weapons against me. How do you feel now that you're becoming actually a mature woman, that as your mother, you felt that I actually gave you great guidance?
1: Well, it was a little rocky in the beginning. (laughs) Now I see past the storm, so I appreciate it. I appreciate I guess all the hardness that you put on me, but I guess it it just brought I don't know, me more grit because it's like I'm able to just fight through that and just know like you're not doing it to hurt me. It's kind of just like you've been through that. We shared some stuff recently just about, you know, babies and stuff like that, you remember. And um, you know, just how, you know, it's okay to go through life but just know that like you know, you've been through it as my mother and that, you know, I'm obviously make mistakes because I'm not perfect, you know. And so it's just knowing that, like, I at least have a mother that I can look up to. You know, you're not perfect either, but, you exactly. know, you you strive not. to to do the best you can. And this is the best. So you see the goodness that you've created. So exactly. <laughs> I'm glad that you actually
0: said that as far as you saying that. I actually um, was hard on you. I don't, I don't think I've ever shared it with you, so I'm gonna share with you today why I was probably very, very hard on you. See, what you don't know is, is that after you became paralyzed, three months later, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. I didn't know what that was. And I remember telling the doctor, If it didn't kill me today, I wasn't gonna worry about it because what I needed to do was worry about my daughter. And because I didn't know what my illness was, I knew that what I needed to do was, is that I needed to make sure that you was given all the tools as fast as I can give them to you. And yes, she was very mature for your age. You learn everything. We learn together. But I really was so, not hard, but I really just, I felt like I had a mad woman. I was moving with determination. I had no choice but to give you all of the tools that were in me. Because any given day, regardless of this unknown illness that I had, I needed to know that if I died, that you would be okay, that you could sustain, that you didn't have to worry about anybody taking care of you. You're a very independent person. And I love that about you. But now that you are older and I'm still living and I am focusing on my health, it's a weapon. (laughs) So it's like, uh, should I done this? Should I done that? But I do know that I don't regret it. I don't regret doing it because you are a very, very impactful person. Um, you have done some amazing things. You have traveled the world. You have done acting, modeling. You have been, you know, invited to Hollywood, L. A. You have been to Paris. Um, You have done competitions, won competitions on state and national levels, have so many trophies, so many crowns, but you also had some dark times in your life of mental health. And I know that as your mother, those were the hard times for me to really see where as a mother, that light, that was always so bright and that was shining that there was something inside of you as well that was needing to be fixed.
1: Can you talk about some of that to me? Yes, so since you brought it up, (laughs) yes, I did have, you know, mental health issues that I didn't, I guess, open up that can of worms to you Um, because that's kind of hard, I don't think, you know, that's a manual for that, how to tell your mom you're struggling with mental health, you know, and but I did it in a way that was, I guess, appropriate for me, but then it kind of just went down the hill. But
0: as your mother,
1: <laughs> why you felt
0: not to be able to express that to me, like, I felt like me and you, we were always together, it was just always me and you, like, You are my mini me. You talk like me. Mm -hmm. You (laughs) look
1: like you. (laughs) You
0: You can write texts like me. You can write emails like me. You answer the phone like me. Like, I just felt like there was no secrets between the two of us. And so when you were hurting in the inside, and I didn't know what that was. I really did not understand, and it was where um, I I just, I mean, can you can you let the audience know that maybe even if they have teenagers, like what what are some of the signs that pretty much we as parents should actually look for to be able to understand? Like when it comes to always being on, but then at some point in your life, there becomes where a time when you're off and I can't have that same expectation of you being on as my child.
1: Right. So yeah, speaking on that, I feel like as a teenager, um, one of my biggest things that I didn't feel comfortable with telling my mom is just the, I guess the upset, like I didn't want to upset you because I know you were like, no, that's not that. Keep going, keep going. You know, life's this whatever the case is. And I guess I just didn't want to upset you. So it's like I kind of went my own way and just like shoved myself in misery when like I didn't have to do that because you were here. You always have been here for me even when I say you haven't. That's just because you probably shut me off it was like, "Okay, yeah, she that's just her moods." You know. <laughs> you know, I have those, but I mean, I feel like you do. a bad thing that teenagers do and something that I did was just shut the parents away. And that's not good, that's actually unhealthy. Um, It's a very negative coping skill because it's like you're kind of like pushing yourself in the fire and no one sees that like it's something burning, you know? And so I feel like don't do that. Just, you know, be open and allow people in your space, someone that you trust, um, you know, It has has taken me some time to trust you, you know, because my trust has kind of been a little messed up, but I do know that you haven't failed me yet. So I know that, you know, we're gonna just keep going, keep rocking on this roller coaster. (laughs) But, you know, I I feel like that's just really it, you know, just kind of just feeling like I can handle it. And just remember the mask that we learned in therapy It's just wearing that mask of independent and feeling like you know it all. That's me. And sometimes I have to remove that mask and be like, okay, she's mom. Let me just soak up these years of letting her be my mom because when I turn 20, I'm grown. So, you know, I got to deal with the repercussions of that. But, you know.
0: And I'm glad that you brought that up as far as therapy. um, That was probably one of the hardest things that as a parent, that I actually could have done was, I know you did the counseling. Yeah, previously. Yeah, and we started the counseling in fifth grade, Um, but the inpatient therapy, I think that was a a point in my life where I knew you needed it, but as a parent is where the guilt, the shame, the just not really wanting to accept the defeat. Right. I felt like even as your mother, that there is no way that my child, but it wasn't, like you showed all the signs of needing the help, needing the, the therapy, needing something that as a parent, as a mother who loved your, I breathed my children but I couldn't give you what you needed. And I think that when I was looking for different places for you to go, like I wanted you to still be close to me, but those places weren't available. So I think the timeline for you even getting into therapy, it took longer because of me still wanting you to be closer to me and but the behavior, it just got worse and it got worse. And it was, you know, where where did I find my strength? I found it, you know, just praying to God and just really just allowing God to understand just my vulnerability and that I couldn't do everything because I, as a parent, if failure was what I did, I was willing to accept that defeat because I wanted to save your life. And so that was something to where the resources, they weren't available. They were available for children who wasn't in wheelchairs. And that was another obstacle and challenge of all the obstacles and challenges that me and you had ever faced for the last 19 years of you being in this chair. And I think because those doors were closing to me more and more, being a mad woman, I was determined that, okay, I can do it myself. But I forgot that that wasn't my calling, that I actually had to give you, all of you, to God. And so, it became a time where I had to put a put aside my pride, and I ended up hiring a consultant to actually find for me the best facility. And that facility led you to all the way to Utah. <laughs> From Georgia to Utah. I had never even been to Utah. I was like, no, she can't go to Utah. Like I need her in Georgia, uh, at least on the East Coast. They was like, no, only two facilities. And really it was only one. And I remember the day I had to leave you, like I packed all your clothes and I left you. And I just, <sighs> but, but before I even talk about, i me leaving you, even getting you to go
1: it was... I was ready, but I didn't know what I was going into, you know, so it was like, I knew I needed the help. And so I was like, you know, yeah, I'm ready to get away from her because I felt like she was all the problem. She's the problem, she's the problem. It was me, I was the problem. But when I went there.
0: But it was, yeah, I think too, I think my hesitation was rejection. I didn't want you to think that I was rejecting you. You have had so much rejection in your life. Being told what you can't do, but always making a way to do it, right. determined. Right. And so I think when I told you you was going to college, because you thought you was grown anyway.
1: <laughs> 16 <laughs> though.
0: <laughs> I think when you thought you was going to college at 16, and <laughs> it actually helped you actually say, okay, I'm ready to go and listening to the other girls that were there and seeing how they were older and more mature and just saying, oh, yeah, you're going to have fun and just. I was ready to get on the flight the next day. The next day, <laughs> right? Okay, yeah. So we, you get there. I drop you off. I'm still like, I remember the pictures, boo-hoo crying, boo-hoo crying, still saying, I can't leave her. Like, they was like, okay, you gone, you know, we're call you, so you back on the flight tomorrow. No, like, I literally stayed in Utah like three days oh, wow. after the fact. Like, just in case you say, Mom, I don't wanna stay.
1: I'm like, okay, come
0: on. Let's well, it was go. too late. <laughs> it,
1: it was no, <laughs> come pick me back up. They hadn't already put those suitcases in the dungeon, so <laughs> those were <cold>. gone.
0: <laughs> but, like, can you tell me, like, about just, the first experience of that and how you actually felt once you got there. I know I, have, I still have all your letters. Um, I read them. And
1: even the bad ones?
0: Even the bad ones. The
1: ugly, ugly ones? I just read I one. I hate you.
0: I just read one the other day to my friend. Oh, wow. And was like, remember when Destiny was this person? <laughs> what? Yes, I still have them. You sent me a lot through email, so I still kept them. I have a destiny's file in my email. Whew. Tell me about like what were your first thoughts when you went to therapy?
1: Well, it was traumatizing. I remember what you said. Can I share it? Yes. Okay. Please. So this is how I knew it was real. We were in this room kind of similar to this setup, and I remember my therapist and the Director, I'm not gonna say their names, but you know they were right there, mm-hmm. and I knew it was real when um you said um and it makes me cry all the time, but you said well, you okay. were like you were like um I sent her here because and then you pause and I'm looking like you sent me here because you're just being you know you know and then when I actually heard you out you said I sent you here because I just couldn't help you and that was like. Wow. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. I think as a parent, sometimes, you know, we have to be very open and honest with ourselves to really understand that even being a parent, you know, the best help that we can give our children is actually getting them the help, allowing them to understand that, you know, love isn't just us physically being there for them. But it's also making sure that they receive all the resources, whether it's outside resources, whether it's family members, counselors, ministers, any type of assistance or resources we can give our family, children, as far as help, because that's all I wanted for you. And I and I guess you didn't see that because you were in a dark space. Right. But you were there. Yeah. I have You fun. got the help you needed.
1: You had a lot of fun. I was a shepherd to a lamb. Yes. I was, had in charge of 15 horses. Yes. I was scared of every last one of them but the donkey. <laughs> you had a chef. I had a chef. <laughs> and she loved me. She actually let me cook. Yes. Um, because she was from the south as yeah. well. And so. But you had ongoing 24 hours. Therapy, right? And Which was you were traumatizing able, a, sometimes, yeah, <laughs> but,
0: but it was needed, right? It was you were able to get out a lot of your um, a lot of your anger, and one of the main reasons I think you went there was because of the re, of the issues with your father, right? And the first phase when we created your treatment plan was I wanted you to work on yourself. Mm. I wanted you to work on yourself first, to work on our relationship. Right. Because I knew that our relationship, although it seemed like it was broken, I knew that it could be easily mended
1: because
0: regardless of everything that we had been through, I knew that you knew that ultimately through everything that I love you. You may didn't say it all the time, but I knew you knew.
1: I said it. You didn't say it back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was angry too. <laughs>
1: <But> mad woman. Bad <laughs> woman.
0: No, I was determined to make sure that you was actually healed. Yeah, that's that true. And that you were taking. You got the help you needed, and so. Um, but I think even with your father. Never ever talk bad about your father. But I. But it was really you just not understanding why I have a father and he never really wanted to be a part of my life. And I think the biggest thing was ultimately what you actually was able to understand from that was it wasn't really more so rejection. Once you learn and you were healed from you, it was more so
1: you learning and being healed to understand that he had his own issues It's nothing I can do. Like, it's nothing you can do. It's nothing I can do. God already did it. Yeah. I'm here, you know. I'm healed. And so, once I realized that and I got closer with God, I feel like we were on one accord. Yes. Even though I still had to do the treatment, graduated, and I graduated high school early. Yes. So, you know, it had some pros and cons, and now I'm here, and I'm Exactly. And even, you know, you forgiving forgiven
0: your father. Right. Definitely, um, you have a relationship with him currently. Still tough. We, with I, boundaries. Right. And even me, like, regardless of what happened, you know, our family took a 360 turn from this incident 19 years ago. And everyone was affected by it. Me, you, your father. My brother. Your brother. But I can say today, we through determination, yep, just continually to move ahead, regardless, not allowing it to actually get us down, not allowing the brokenness or even the situation, the challenges, all of the challenges that you always faced in your life, being told no, just. Seeing you being happy to do things and being always told no, but always pivoting and finding other ways to do stuff. Like you're the only person I know that wanted to play softball, wanted to play football, wanted to play basketball, (laughs) wanted to be a cheerleader, acting, modeling, which that was one of the ones that I really did not want you to get into. But you did it and you excelled in it so much so that I actually was like, okay, anything that she says she's going to do, at this point, I have to accept she's going to do it. And, is. and if I don't support it and try to make it a lot better for her, then she's probably going to hurt herself and I'm going to have to do something in the end. <laughs> but I, I think that it's made you who you are today. And no one can steal that joy. I always say, you are my butterfly. You may was a caterpillar in the beginning, but just like a caterpillar they don't have to change and reform their body to become a butterfly. You're that person, and you're my destiny. And I think that you have an amazing story yourself. And I'm not going to share your story. I will allow you to share your story. But when it comes to our relationship, I think that we have grown so much. And I'm glad because I used to always tell you, I'm not your friend. I'm your mother. Right. But I'm your support. And the biggest thing I think that I never shared with you and that I share with you today, too, is that Being a parent, it comes with wanting to protect you. And I feel like even as your mother, protecting you sometimes could affect you. And so those are just some of the things that I want to share with you and that let you know that I do love you. I love you. And I'm happy that you was here with me today.
1: Thanks for inviting me.
0: Thank you all for coming to be a part of my podcast, Mad Women, with my daughter who's growing into a mad woman, moving ahead with determination. I hope our story, as far as mother-daughter relationship, resonated with you and your families and can be an inspiration. Thank you. Please join me for my next podcast on Mad Women. Have a good day.